0: You're listening to The Two. Estás escuchando Los Dos.
1: Thank you for joining us here on the Two today. Today, uh, again, we're going to be doing some things different this week on the two, and today we're going to be discussing uh, science and religion. Our guest today is David Romer, who is a graduate uh, from New York University with a Ph.D. in physics, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the challenges he's been facing with some of the issues that's out there in the world of uh, science and religion. Uh, During our second half hour, <clears throat> we won't be we won't be doing sports we won't have our sports update again this week because we think this is an important topic to discuss, so we hope you guys enjoy the conversation and at this time, uh we'd like to talk to uh mr David Romer
0: Hi uh myron how are you doing
1: uh doing okay, sir.
0: Uh, glad to have you back on the program um, David, I'm Julie. Tell us your story and your struggle. Well, I'm uh, interested in science and religion. I have a, a, a Bachelor of Science degree from Fordham University where I was trained by uh, Jesuits, and I had 24 credits of philosophy and theology, and I've been reading about philosophy and theology over the years. So I've, I've, um, that's my area of interest, and I'm interested in the Shroud of Turin and also the, um, the connection between... Um, well, the, the theory of evolution and the connection between evolution and religion. Okay. Um, well,
1: let's let's well, why let's let's talk about that for a minute. Um, why is this important to you?
0: Well, it's. Um, uh, I think the best way to explain the, the connection is to be, begin with the, the idea that uh, many people have that uh, evolution and the origin of life is, uh, violates the second law of thermodynamics. Uh, there's no truth to this. It's, a, it's an understandable mistake. They're confusing a sugar cube with uh, a protein. According to the second law of thermodynamics, when you put a sugar cube in a cup of coffee, it dissolves. And if you think of a protein, a protein is made up of hundreds of amino acids. The... Um, uh, hemoglobin for example is made up of 600 amino acids and there are 20 different kinds of amino acids and the structure of a hemoglobin is very complex but the primary structure is a single chain of amino acids and uh, if one amino acid is is the wrong one a person gets sickle cell anemia there's a particular amino acid that's uh, that's misplaced in that case so in trying to understand where uh, amino acids come from Biologists calculate the probability of getting, uh, of getting a protein from a random selection of, uh, of amino acids, and it's a very small probability. So the same kind of thing happens with thermodynamics. It, uh, when you have a, a sugar dissolved in water, physicists can calculate the probability that the sugar molecules will, will migrate back to some point in the cup of coffee and recreate the sugar cube, and the, the, the probability is very low. And uh, people confuse these two different situations. There's nothing improbable about a protein. Proteins exist, and that calculation is just some kind of hypothetical calculation to understand where the proteins come from. And uh, but with with the sugar, there's a real possibility that the sugar molecules will reconstruct. And the other thing that's that confuses people, That is that with sugar molecules, you're concerned about the location of the sugar molecules in three-dimensional space. Whereas with amino acids, you're, you're concerned about which amino acid is, which, is next to which one. It's two entirely different things. So the idea that uh, the existence of proteins violates the second law of thermodynamics is, uh, is simply uh, pseudoscience, but it's intelligible. You can understand that someone would think that or maybe... Uh, and make that, that statement.
1: So kind of what you're talking about is, invarii- in, is something about invariability, correct, or tenacity Yeah, in, in some aspect, right? Uh, you're saying there's some sort of confusion there. And, you yes. Know, there there uh, are
0: people are, uh, for example, Henry Morris is a famous creationist. He said that uh, evolution violates the second law of thermodynamics. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, incorrect for the reasons I just explained. Thermodynamics is the study of liquid solids and gases, and uh, it has nothing to do with, uh, with living organisms. Now, what, prompts the, um, uh, what prompted my involvement in it is that uh, I was uh, blogging and reviewing Richard Dawkins' latest book about the evolution. Re- Richard Dawkins, as you know, is one of the new atheists, And he was ridiculing Henry Morris for saying that evolution violates the second law. But the Dawkins arguments were uh, nonsensical. They weren't intelligible. He didn't give the same explanation I gave. He said that it didn't violate the second law, that his evolution didn't violate the second law because of the sun. Well, this is literally unintelligible. And uh, it shows how irrational... uh, atheists can be when it comes to, comes to religion, when it comes to evolution. So I was ridiculing um, Dawkins about this and blogging, and the, um, Glenn Branch, who's the uh, communications director for the National Center for Science Foundation, uh, cited an article in the American Journal of Physics that said exactly the same thing that Dawkins was saying, that the uh, it was because of the sun that the that the second law was not violated, and what's more, they did a calculation to prove that the um, that it wasn't uh, uh, violated. So I was just incredulous, and I um, it makes no if it's incorrect to say that evolution violates the second law, it's unintelligible to say that it does not violate the second law because of the sun, and to do a calculation to prove it is insane.
1: So I okay. wrote to one of the, let me let the listeners Here. know that what, what you're talking about is a cosmological evolution and the argument kind of sort of on a biological level, correct?
0: Uh, and um,
1: it, in other words, like uh, what I'm trying to say is that creationists, what you're saying is that some creationists are saying that there is a physical law that contradicts the second law of thermodynamics, right?
0: No, they're saying the second law of thermodynamics is violated by the origin of life and evolution.
1: Okay. That isn't that a physical law?
0: Yes. So the uh, uh, well, okay. the, the, that's correct.
1: It, I mean, in that concept. So I'm saying, in in modern physics, if we we look at it, modern physics physicists believe that the universe, as a whole, is is thermodynamically isolated, Is a thermodynamically isolated system, right?
0: Uh, no, no, that isn't uh, that isn't like right. the uh, the second law of thermodynamics as it applies to a gas is that the gas will fill up the entire container that it's in Mm -hmm. this law does not apply in outer space in outer space you have uh, so many uh, hydrogen atoms that they're attracted to one another by the force of gravity and they come together and then they start having nuclear interactions and that's what creates stars so you don't say that the evolution of stars violates the second law of thermodynamics what you say is that it does not apply Thermodynamics just okay. applies to liquid, solids, and gases. Okay. So, but but, but sound, when you say that uh, evolution violates the second law, people confuse the second law of thermodynamics with the laws of physics, like the mm-hmm. law of gravity. Okay. If someone violates the law of gravity like he's levitating during prayers, that's a full-fledged miracle. You don't say that the law right. of gravity doesn't apply. The law of gravity always applies. But the law of thermodynamics only applies to liquid, solids, and gases. It doesn't apply to living organisms.
1: So what you're saying is that they don't apply, not all of the criticisms or, or, or critiques apply to the second law?
0: Right. The second the law only, right. uh, it only applies to the zeroth law is that you measure a temperature with a thermometer. The first law is the definition of heat and internal energy. The second law is that heat flows from hot to cold. And the third law is that 273 degrees below zero is as cold as it gets. Okay. But I said the other, uh, there are other formulations of the second law that, the, uh, that a, a cube of sugar will dissolve when you put it in water. That's also the second law.
1: Okay. David, uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be uh, right back.
0: Okay. Jay Evelyn, come by and visit us at 5100 West Sublet Road
1: in Arlington, Texas. Call 817-404-3192 today. Let us do your hair today. Are you tired of hearing biased news reports or unfair journalists reporting their own agendas? Tune in. Do you find others unsympathetic to your understanding? Yes. Just don't know how to tell it like it is? Right. It's time to tune in to Truth Talk. It's bold. It's informative. It's Truth Talk. You're back on the two, and we're talking to David Romer, and we're talking about some issues with thermodynamics. Uh, Mr. Romer, go ahead and continue uh, your point in what you were stating uh, was going on that you were following with some criticism about thermodynamics.
0: Yes. yes. So I, um, uh, when I saw the article in the American Journal of Physics, I was uh, uh, incredulous, and I wrote to the uh, one of the authors. And he told me that he he didn't want to discuss it. So then I okay. sent a letter to the editor, and he suggested that I submit my own article uh, of uh, rebuttal. So um, that isn't exactly the correct procedures, because I wasn't uh, disagreeing with the article. I was saying there was a flat-out mistake in the article. So what he should have done is told the, the author of the article, and it would be up to the author of the article to... Uh, Either thank me for correcting his mistake, or to defend himself, or to ignore it. But he didn't do that. He asked me to submit my own article, so I submitted an article explaining why it was, uh, the, the AGP article was absurd, and uh, an anonymous referee told me I was wrong. So in that way, okay. they avoided taking responsibility for the article. And in the meantime, uh, there have been a number of reputations. Uh, uh, Published in uh, two in peer-reviewed journals, then I published a version of it in Creation Wiki, and then the Catholic Truth of um, of of Scotland also published my version of it. But the um, uh, so I I told the uh, I complained to the uh, National Science Foundation because they fund um, they have an interest in. Uh, maintaining the integrity of science. To have an, uh, a fraudulent and absurd article in print is, uh, undermines the integrity of science. It also exacerbates the conflict about the teaching of evolution in the United States. So I complained to the National Science Foundation, and they ignore, I asked to see the head of the uh, Science Foundation, and they ignored it. So I then um, wrote to my congressman, Yvette Clark and I explained that uh, this is undermining the uh, integrity of science. And I had dealings with Scott, the uh, communications director, and his initial response was that he could not be my advocate. Mm-hmm. So I sent him a, a lengthy document with exhibits and so on, spelling things out, and it changed his mind. He, uh, when I called him the next time, he said that they would investigate it. So as far as I'm concerned, the, uh, the matter is being investigated by Edette Clark the Democrats from New York. And I confirmed all this with certified letters to Yvette Clark. And um, I'd be grateful if uh, any of litis- I mean, what may have happened is that she dropped it, or maybe she did the investigation, and it turned out I was wrong. So I'd appreciate all the listeners to call up their congressmen and ask them what the status is of the, uh, of the investigation.
1: Okay, and what, what are you hoping to achieve? What do you want Ms. Clark to ultimately well, if, achieve? If she finds what, out that you are correct, what do you, what at that point, what would you like to see done? Well,
0: what, what should happen then is that the American Journal of Physics will retract the article. They'll admit the article was, was uh, flat-out wrong, and that will be a blow for truth. And this will uh, help um, the conflict about the... Uh, the teaching of evolution, because people will start discussing it honestly. Uh, I'm let's, not.
1: An at- let's be realistic here. This, this, and this is not an attack on anyone. <clears throat> but that's not the only article out there that's like that. And if your congressman makes that, if she finds that it to be true and it to be corrected, isn't it kind of unrealistic to think that's actually going to change? Because there are so many people that buy into it that believe that that it's almost. Uh, unrealistic to think that, based on your findings and your argument, that the congressman or yeah, or, or really as a whole are going to change people's minds because people are going to believe what they believe. We all know that, and we have been fighting this fight. There has been, you know, religion and science has been going on about this for for
0: years. Well, I, I agree. The, what we, we, we disagree is that you, you're saying that there are other examples out there of uh, absurd uh, the peer reviewed articles that aren't true. There, there's a lot of fraud. I mean, articles get retracted all the time. They find out that a researcher uh, fabricated data, and then uh, the journal retracts it. So here we're not talking about the fabrication of, of data, we're just talking about something that's fundamentally absurd, and it undermines well, the
1: Darwinism is fundamentally absurd to some people, and I mean, you know, what I'm saying is that, you know, when you when you study and you look, you know, uh, I mean, if you, I mean, I'm I'm sure, David, you know, you know about the things that I'm going to mention here, but I mean, you you know, when it comes to creation, you know, if you go back to, to to Darwin's publication of the Origin of Species, which was what published in 1859, right? And there was a second publication in, what, 1878, uh, I think, uh, Willhausen's Documentary hypothesis. And those, you know, basically they argued uh, really against the Bible. And, and, you know, we know that in, what was it, in the 1800s, I think 1876, that uh, there was a decipherment of Babylonian myths about creation and a flood that resembled, uh, that was resembled in the book of Genesis. So what I'm saying is that there's, there's always been this argument. There's always been this debate, and there's never really been holistically. You know, people, what I'm saying is that a lot of people, it's absurd on both sides. And so what I'm saying is that how, how I mean, do you really believe that um, because that is going to change? That your your congressman could do it, or that anybody, because what I'm saying is that with all the publications that we've had in our history even up until this day, there's going to be a consistent battle
0: no, I think that um, eventually they'll have to retract the uh, the article because it's so uh, it's so embarrassing they can't uh, and I just had the um, uh, I can go to any physicist in the United States and um, or any, i don't have to i'm, I'm I have a PhD in physics, so any layman could go to any physicist in the United States, and show him the article and say, "This article doesn't make any sense." And then go through the laws of thermodynamics and put the, the physicist on the spot. So um, now,
1: what I'm saying is is that even if you if you do that, you're talking about one particular physicist. But I'm saying if with that one argue, there are other people that have made incorrect or, you know, maybe the guy believes he's literally right, you know, or whoever wrote it. And, and it can be, you know, we've seen some things been done in uh, on both sides, if you will, in this argument. Yeah.
0: And I'm just trying well, to get an there's,
1: understanding there's, for everybody. Yeah, well, there's another,
0: there's another thing I'd like to uh, to mention. Your, your account of Darwinism uh, mm-hmm. is completely as is, is what I thought was the case until I just read a book called uh, The Evolution of Revolution. Darwin uh, Evolution is true, Darwin is wrong, and this changes everything. And uh, the true history of, uh, of, uh, of evolution is that um, uh, people always believed in evolution because they, they didn't take the, uh, because of the Bible. It, it said it took place over six days. Didn't, they didn't take it literally. And the first theory of evolution wasn't by Darwin. It was by uh, Pierre Malpertis. He was a Frenchman 100 years before Dar- Darwin, and he was the one who invented natural selection. It wasn't Darwin. Then the next theory was Lamarckism, which is the theory that uh, acquired characteristics can be passed on to offspring, and that's now called um, epigenetics. I mean, if, I always thought until I read this book that natural selection was a better theory than epigenetics, but uh, the, the book changed my mind. I I, I don't know which, which which theory is better. And, uh, but that's just Dahl- what it is. It's
1: just a, it's just a theory. You understand? Yeah. They have, that's all it is, is a theory.
0: Yep. Absolutely. It's just, a, it's just a theory. And people who insist that, that it's a fact uh, are, uh, are being very irrational. They tend to be the kind of people who think it's a fact that free will is an illusion. Uh, they're both theories. In the case of, um, of evolution, we see the, the fossils and we ask, where did the fossils come from? And we invented the theory of evolution. In the case of free will, we ask, what's the relationship between myself and my body. So some people invented the theory that free will is an illusion. But there's very little evidence that free will is an illusion, but there's a lot of evidence for, uh, for evolution. That's the difference between them. They're both theories. There's one there's more evidence than the other. And to call evolution a fact is insulting to people who believe in the Bible as I do. I believe in life after death because uh, the, the Bible says so. So when I hear someone call evolution a fact, I'm, I'm, what they're really saying is that it's a fact that life ends in the grave. Well, let me ask you
1: this, David, because I know we're, we're a bit off topic, but it's interesting you bring this up because I've had this conversation, and after we discuss this, I'll have to take another break right quick. Uh, I had this conversation, uh, because like yourself, I've studied theology still in, in school over in England uh, in biblical interpretation and theology and such. But my point is this, I had this discussion with uh, some Protestant pastors, and we, we dived into the theory or, or the subject of free will. And I heard him preach a sermon. And so I talked to him after the fact real quickly. And I told him, how can you state that uh, you really believe everyone has free will? And he said, yes. I said, well, how is that possible when you read in the book of Mark and you read about the demonic man? If a person is under possession, they have no free will you're subject to the forces that have basically for lack of a better word have uh taken over you if you will uh that you're subjected to uh sometimes a person you know that you're being either oppressed to and so on and so forth and so he thought about that for a minute and this is a pastor a very well educated man he said i didn't really think about it like that Mm-hmm. So based on that theory, I asked him, have you ever seen a baby born on crack and a person that's birthed that way? Mm-hmm. Those yeah. people have a hard time distinguishing, you know, do they have free will? Yeah. So I'm not, that it's pl- pl- I'm not saying that he's wrong. I'm saying you do have to take certain things into account. I personally have said I think there is limited free will. You have mm-hmm. free- well, I believe we have free will, but there is a limitation to it. And he did, cool. after a while in private conversation, he agreed. He said, I think you're right about that. I'm not saying that we don't. I'm saying there is a limit to it, David. Yeah. I really believe that.
0: Yeah. Well, I think there's a limit to it in the terms of faith. I think God reveals to us that there's life after death, and we believe exactly what God wants us to believe. So it's both a decision mm-hmm. and a gift from God.
1: Right. Right. Let me take a quick break, and let's come back with the conversation.
0: Okay. and at 5100 West
1: Sublet Road in Arlington, Texas. Call today. Let us do your hair today. And we're back here on the tour and we're discussing uh, thermodina- thermodynamics, evolution, free will, and the theology behind it all.
0: David, you have had some problems within the church. Uh, yes, I uh, I, I, um, I got involved with the, um, what happened was that uh, I had the article, I, uh, the article was published in The Catholic Truth of Scotland, explaining why the American Journal of Physics article was, uh, was nonsense. And then I sent it to Stephen Barr. Stephen Barr is a, a famous Catholic physicist, and um, I expected to get support from him, but Stephen Barr was, uh, was very angry. He said I was harming the Catholic Church and that uh, it wasn't true. So I emailed him back saying, um, saying that he didn't read the, uh, the, uh, the article in the Catholic Truth of Scotland and uh, I demanded an apology. But that's as far mm-hmm. as it went. He didn't, uh, he didn't reconsider. He didn't, uh, we never got to the bottom of it. And I had similar uh, exchanges with physicists at the... Um, I'm a member of the American uh, Scientific Affiliation. They're a group of scientists who uh, claim to be Christians. They are Christians. They, they may not. They may. A lot of them are liberal Christians. They don't, but they, um, uh, they call themselves Christians. That's and a the, very uh, loose term. Yes. So anyway, Randy uh, Isaac... So I started to put on the forum about explaining why the article was nonsense. Then Randy Isaac, who has a Ph.D. in physics, promised to walk me through the second law of thermodynamics. He was going to explain things to me. So we started the conversation on the forum. And um, at one point I said, a Boeing 747 does not have a temperature. And his answer was, yes, it does. So I I said, we should get a, a... uh, someone to uh, monitor this conversation, another physicist who will help straighten out how we could have this disagreement about uh, whether a Boeing 747 has a temperature or it doesn't have a temperature. So, that, so I asked Robert Cater, the, uh, the uh, executive uh, director or the president, to assign a moderator, and he didn't do it. And my feeling is that um, they didn't assign a moderator because they know that they're, that they're wrong that in fact a boeing 747 uh does not have a temperature and uh, in fact i should tell you about a conversation i had with the author of the of the paper Steyer, daniel Steyer. uh a year after I, I i started complaining about it i got in t- touch with him on the telephone and we were discussing the whole issue so i said to him what is the entropy of a pendulum? Well, let me make it here. What is the temperature of a pendulum just as it, it doesn 't make any sense to speak of the temperature of a boeing seven forty seven it doesn 't make any sense to speak of the temperature of a pendulum and um, mm-hmm. so I, actually I, I said, what is the entropy of a of a, of a pendulum and he said zero well that 's nonsense so the, a pendulum doesn 't have an entropy. Mm-hmm. Entropy is the um, is the, ter- is the, the variable that, that's involved with the second law of thermodynamics? It has to do with the knowledge of the three uh, of the location of molecules in three-dimensional space. So there's a lot of knowledge about a sugar cube in the form of a solid, but when it's about the location of the molecules, or when it's spread out in the water, there's less knowledge. That's that's the concept of entropy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it doesn't make any sense to speak of the entropy of a pendulum or the entropy of a of a protein. Okay. And their response? Um, he, they just ignore it. Uh, you, you, they, uh, they don't want to admit that uh, everyone is embarrassed and horrified at the fact that you have a, a peer-reviewed physics journal that doesn't make any sense. Even religious people. Uh, Christians are, are more loyal, I think, they're more loyal to the scientific establishment than they are to uh, Jesus.
1: Mm, I. Right. I, I will agree with that. I, I believe we're seeing that more and more uh in this age than probably ever before. Uh yes. but I do I do think that there are probably you know, I've talked to um uh you know, I I talked to some guys who are scientists that I know here. I don't know if I could say that they were uh on your level so to speak. Uh but they teach science and we've had some very interesting conversations and I, I, I think it's suffice to say Mr. Romer that I think there's a, um, I think science and religion really go together uh, I don't really think I think that too many times one argues for one side and the other rather than seeing that they both correspond and really actually complement each other at least that's what I believe and there are others that believe that way but I don't think that argument is or that debate or that view is really uh, publicized a lot. Do, do you understand? Mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's kind of swept under the rug because once more, either some either one side wants to be right, one side wants to be wrong, and well, just,
0: um, go ahead. I just submitted a paper to um, a conference on the Shroud of Turin that gets into the, the, the difference between the different methodologies. Uh, mm-hmm. I compare the methodologies of science, metaphysics, philosophy, theology, and history. -hmm. Science is the uh, a scientific question is why is the sky blue. A metaphysical Mm -hmm. question is what is knowing the sky is blue, or what is a dream? Mm -hmm. What are concepts? What are theories? We don't know about those things because we can see them with our senses. We know about them because we can make ourselves a subject of our own knowledge. So it's two different methods methods of uh, of inquiry. Now, Mm -hmm. philosophy is is a method of inquiry that's above. Another method of inquiry. A lot of people most uh, confuse philosophy with metaphysics. Philosophy is something above metaphysics and and, and science. For example, the scientific mm-hmm. method is philosophy, because you're not doing science when you're doing the scientific method. You're talking about the philosophy of science. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, the, then history is the um, is the study of the past, and it exists only in the minds of um, of um, uh, of historians, and not all historical questions are are good. The example I gave had to do with the the, the miracles of Jesus. That is the uh, the cures, a miraculous cures. Jesus was a healer and an exorcist, and uh, that's an historical fact. And it, it raises the question: Did he really cure any, anyone? And that's not a good historical question because we don't have the medical records before and after. And right. The- Theology. I, um, uh, theology comes about because, from metaphysics, we know that an infinite being exists, and we call the infinite being God in the West. They have different terminology in India and China. So, since God exists, there's the possibility that God has communicated Himself to mankind, that has revealed to us things, and mm-hmm. uh, this involves faith. It's a different kind of knowledge. I, I I believe in life after death because God has told us, and there's many reasons and signs for it. But it's uh, mm-hmm. it's an act of faith because we can't see the truth of it. We know it's true but because you, but, God is telling us.
1: Yeah, but you have to realize, David, that that the philosophy behind that. You know, like I studied, uh, I had the opportunity and the bless was blessed to be able to study philosophy at Edinburgh. And one thing that I've always said, and, and, and we've, we, many, and I'm, I know you're aware of this, uh, many people within the confines that study ministry and study in the church. I think we have to realize, David, that there's, when you talk about philosophy, you know, you think about Hume and you think about uh, his view, which is really still uh, very popular to this day. But I do think uh, a lot of people practice intellectual uh, autonomy. You, do, you, do you understand what I mean? And I, I think that we ha, we we have to. Uh, I think you know, like in Hume, you know, Hume never believed in a miracle, on the basis of testimony. And I think that's part of the problem. You know, you people want evidence of certain things,
0: which well, is Hume... the whole point
1: to to, to 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 science. You know, Hume was was smart. He was a very smart man, but he was he was well known for his naturalistic philosophy. But he just didn't believe. You know, he didn't. You know, he didn't appeal to the supernatural or anything like that, and he just didn't believe in in and really looking at it. My point to mentioning that is because you brought up philosophy, but I think one of the, the books I don't know if you're familiar with Whitman's book uh, that he wrote, where Darwin meets the Bible, where creationists and evolutionists in America, he has a chapter in that book called "The Two the the Two Books," and in that chapter. He does explain to us that, you know, um, he reveals religious humanism. And he talks about religious humanism was birthed out of religion adapting to intelligent naturalism. His point was saying that, you know, there's room for agreement on both sides from religion and science. And I believe that. And I know that's an, an old book. You know, uh, but I think that that's very, very true. I think there is room on both sides. What do you think?
0: Um, well, I think that uh, you mentioned Hume. I mean, the problem that Hume had was that he didn't understand the, why God exists. Hume was the one who invented the question, who made God? Uh, mm-hmm. And his um, and so many the ways. other problem that, that people like Hume have is that they don't understand the, uh, the mind-body problem. They don't understand that human beings are embodied spirits. So it's not a judgment thing. That's why I, my, my, I, my hackles get up when you talk about the you know, materialist philosophy or the materialist worldview. It's not a worldview. They're just stupid. The only theories that <laughs> come on... <laughs> okay. They, I, can, I, I, can, I can prove it. I have a quote from um, a biology textbook where they, um, the only theories of the mind they understand are dualism, uh, materialism, and some of them understand idealism. They don't understand the theory that the human mind is a mystery. Mm-hmm. That's true. So we're not talking about uh, uh, disagreements about judgment, evaluating the evidence. You have to explain to them that uh, that there's this third possibility that we st- simply don't understand what a human being is. A human being is a Right. An indefinability that becomes conscious of its own existence. We can comprehend all the things of what a human being is because we know everything we do and everything that happens to it, to us, but we can't define it. We can't spell it out.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Now, not all atheists are are, uh, uh, stupid like that. Some of them uh, think, you know, agree that human beings have free will and they agree that you can't define free will. and. Uh, uh, they, um, they, don't, they don't like the new atheists, the, the ones who, who are hardcore materialists, because they, they feel it, 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 it denigrates the integrity of, uh, of human beings. But, um, but many, I should say, many, many atheists simply need fail at the level of intelligence. They don't understand that humans are embodied spirits. Not that they disagree. They can't even grasp the concept.
1: <laughs> I, I agree with that.
0: The other way of putting it is that <clears throat> they don't understand that the human soul is spiritual. They think the human soul is spiritual by definition. In their mind, the question is whether or not people have souls, not whether or not the human soul is spiritual.
1: Right. You're right about that. Well, and in, in before we run out of time, I mean, what would you like, in closing, what, in closing thoughts, what would you like to see happen at this point? First of all, with your debate, with your pursuit and just with the whole topic as a whole, the whole issue.
0: Well, I'd like to see the um, I'd like to see the book uh, Evolution uh, Revolution. Uh, I'd like to see that become very popular. I'd like to see people people read it because he explains the um, that Darwinism is, and he's not a he's not a creationist. He's not a, a Christian. He's not a creationist or a, or an advocate of intelligent design. He's simply he's against Darwinism because he sees it as basically atheistic and that atheism destroys the integrity of, uh, of human beings. It, it, it makes them even um, uh, useless things. So that's why he's against it. He's against it for humanistic reasons. And he, he shows that uh, Darwinism is some kind of uh, religious cult. And you have good evolutionists and bad ones like Stephen Jay Gould, for example, is, uh, is a good evolutionist. He... Uh, he was uh, critical of Darwin, and there are many of them that have been critical of Darwin, but they get suppressed because of the, the Darwinist cult. So I recommend mm-hmm. the book very highly.
1: Okay. okay.
0: A good, another who's example who's
1: the, who's, the, who's the
0: author? Alan Bennett. Alan he Bennett. An, he does an excellent explanation of the, of the Scopes trial, you know, the monkey trial in Tennessee. There was no mm-hmm. law against teaching evolution. The law was against teaching that human beings evolved from, from animals, and the reason for the law was to oppose eugenics and racism. Biology textbooks in those days were preaching eugenics, that the you know, uh, handicapped people should be sterilized, and they were preaching racism, that uh, some races were more involved than others. So it was against that that they had these laws against teaching not evolution, but that uh, human beings evolved from animals. Mm-hmm hmm
1: okay okay well th- mr romar i really have enjoyed the time that we talk it's always an intelligent conversation with you and and uh we wish you luck really i mean and we support you in your fight we do uh Thank all so. our listeners i'm sure uh support you because you're doing it for the right reasons and uh there's not very many people that do what you do and willing to take the risk and what i Really admire about you, sir, is the fact that you don't mind being persecuted, which I think is rare in this day and age. A lot no, of people I'm, will not stand up because they are afraid. So yeah,
0: well, I'm I'm retired, but I don't know how brave I would be if I was working for a if I was still with if I had a job at a, a college. <laughs> so I, 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 I accept the other compliments, but I, I'm not. I can't accept that one.
1: Okay, sir. Well, we hope to have you back on sometime in the future, and we appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to The Two. Estás escuchando los dos.